3: Matcha.
4: So good. Matcha Love. Yes, I love it. No,
5: Matcha Love, the brand.
4: Oh, yeah, Matcha Love, made with real Japanese matcha.
5: It's rich, smooth, perfect for hot or cold brewing.
4: Matcha is great because it's rich in vitamin C and EGCGs.
5: What do you like to make with it? I like to make matcha lattes.
4: I'm all about making smoothies.
5: Why wouldn't you be?
4: Get 25% off all Matcha Love products at ituin.com using code CRIME. That's code C R I M E at I T O E N dot com. Available on Amazon and itoen dot com. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Oh hey, Zaren.
5: Oh hey, what are we doing here?
4: You know, it's ridiculous.
5: I do actually. Okay, you ready for this one? You know, John who owns Garfield. Yeah. So like you know the cartoon, not and the personally, but I'm aware of him. Yeah. So there is a, a fan theory that he killed his best friend to keep his dog Odie. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? It's wild. So continue. I need
4: more. Give me so more. So John
5: has his best friend, this dude named Lyman, right? And Lyman owns O.D. the dog. And this is like in the 80s. In 83, all of a sudden, Lyman disappears from the comic strip. So fans start coming up with this theory that he's in the basement and that John has basically taken his friend, put him in the basement so he can have his dog. Now, the cartoon show of Garfield actually decided to answer this question because it had become such a, like, whispered fan moment mm-hmm. that they determined, well, the cartoon show decides to depict what happened to Lyman. They have him go down to the Amazon as a natural photographer, and he just disappears while looking for a mythological creature. So, like, did Chupacabra eat Lyman? We don't know. But the whole point is, is John is definitely not amongst <laughs> us. Or sorry, Lyman <laughs> is definitely not amongst us.
4: Okay, I I need to have one question answered. And sure. I'm really serious about this. Uh-huh. Where does Kathy come into all that?
5: Um, I would say <laughs> she and John always seem like they should have been dating. Right? You know what I mean? It's like you read one comic, you read another. Like, why can't these two kids just wake at work? I know. How do we get them together? Mary Worth, what can you do about this?
4: Luann, come on in. Yeah, we, shake it it it.
5: we need some teenage energy. <laughs> Maybe that them is, family circus kids can get this to happen in some chaos.
4: <laughs> That's ridiculous. Thank you. You win.
5: Yeah, well. There um, you go.
4: You want to know what else is ridiculous?
5: How do I? Getting drunk? Uh-huh.
4: Stealing a plane? Uh-huh. Flying said plane into New York City.
5: Oh, I love landing it
4: on the street. Wait. Oh. And doing it twice.
5: Yes. So who's my new favorite hero? You find out. <clears throat>
4: Elizabeth Dutton. And he, you can see him. Look over there. He's Zarin Burnett.
5: You can't prove that.
4: And this is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. The story I have for you today, Zaren, mm-hmm. was suggested to us by our Instagram pal, Sarah Reeves. Oh,
5: thank you, Sarah Reeves. Yeah,
4: she really came through here. Um, big thanks to Sarah Reeves. She also has some cute dogs as her Instagram profile picture. Nice. It's very rad, very on brand for the Show rude dudes. was definitely
5: a fan of the dogs.
4: Yeah, rude dudes in effect. Um, I, I do have to say that we get tons of crime suggestions, mm-hmm. and that's amazing. Um, we have what we call the big board here at Ridiculous Crime Headquarters. And as you know... Because you're there. <laughs> we pin up uh, all the ridiculous crimes that we plan to tell on the podcast. I got to tell you something, that board is crowded right now. Oh,
5: it's stacked. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just a bunch of madness all stacked together with pins. And,
4: mm-hmm. and we do, we have that team of interns. Mm-hmm. They're just a bunch of dogs wearing sunglasses and tank tops, but they're interns. Competent, group. unpaid. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the ones who answer all the emails and the DMs. Did you know that? I did not. I hope they're not being offensive. <laughs> They're always on their phones, like, eating beef jerky, dancing to the music of Glenn Frey. <laughs> I can't get them to really get any work done. Anyway.
5: <laughs> I can't get them to listen to Joe Walsh. I'm like, please, for know, the love of God. I
4: they got the Eagles Smugglers of, Blues. What I'm am telling I'm you. Um, So we get a lot of crime suggestions. And then, like I said, this is one of them. And it's fantastic. So I want to kick this off with a little question for you, Hotshot. Zarin, have you ever flown a plane? Do you like Gladiator movies? <laughs>
5: Have you ever seen a grown man naked? (laughs) That's that's multiple Um, questions. Have you ever flown a plane? Okay. No, I have never flown a plane. Thus far, people have been wise enough to keep me away from the cockpit. And uh, I would, if Mm -hmm. given a chance. Mm -hmm. And I've never criminally made this occur because, you know, I've been tempted a couple times, I won't lie. But uh, thus far, no. And um, I'm hoping to change that.
4: Okay. Um, So you're like an aviation guy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> did you have a flight simulator computer program when you were a kid? Oh,
5: you know I did. Did Come you own a on, bomber now. jacket? Me and my my neighbor across the street, Jay, we would play a lot of these types of games. And so we would be like comparing flight simulator and they coming up with like, oh, you got to do this run. And like, like yeah, we were like aviation geeks and my friend ted we would go to air force bases to go to air shows and like crawl mm-hmm. all around the planes and imagine ourselves so for a long time i've wanted to be up in the wild blue yonder Got and you. thus far only gravity and the law have kept me from it <laughs>
4: it was like so yeah you're an avi there are a lot of aviation people super yeah. into it i don't really care either way what the caveman part of my brain <laughs> still can't get with the whole flying in the air thing really well i just try not to think about it like i can get into a a big old plane, a biggin'.
5: Okay, yeah.
4: But the idea of, like, Why does a, a big
5: plane work, like, make know. more sense to you?
4: I don't know. A lot of money went into it, so it's gotta <laughs> be all right. But those little ones that they build themselves are little rounds in the air.
5: Uh-uh. <laughs> people don't build the little plane. I mean, they build, no, they like, did. the, the lighter-than-air yeah, ones. but Cessons like, are made out, of, are not made out by, of
4: balsa wood not by, like, like eight cars. Arrows. Yeah, they are. <laughs> okay. um, some people are all about that flight life. Uh, but, you know, here's the thing. Like, mm. I, I, I joke... These people know what they're doing. Yes. So, you know, just to put that out there. But piloting a plane, equal parts technical skill and art. Don't you think?
5: Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment.
4: There's there's an art to it. I want to tell you about a man who had that skill and that art. Ooh. An artiste. Lay it on me, sister. He also sprinkled a good uh, helping of ridiculousness over the whole thing. Our kind of guy. Let's talk about Thomas Fitzpatrick, a.k.a. Tommy Fitz.
5: Tommy Fitz, good, good nickname. Like,
4: I'm not giving him that that nickname. That's that's what people called him. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, Tommy if he, Fitz. If your name
5: is Tommy Fitzpatrick, I'm calling you Tommy Fitz. Yeah,
4: Tommy Fitz, born in New York City, NYC, Big Apple, 1930. Nice. So, got that down. When he was like 14 or 15, he lied about his age and he enlisted uh, to fight in WW2. I like it. Good Irish lad. Yeah. He served in the Marine Corps mm-hmm. in the Pacific Theater. Mm. And not just, like, hanging around peeling potatoes. He was in combat.
5: Oh, awesome, brutal fighting out there. Can you
4: imagine being 15 and, like, in crazy combat in, like, Guadalcanal?
5: Yes, because I was 15. Oh,
4: that's right. You were. And you were there.
5: No, but, but as a 15-year-old boy, we all think that, oh, I could totally <laughs> do this. So as a 15-year-old, yes, I can't imagine well, putting they, myself in that situation.
4: And I think 15-year-old boys probably, too, like, have, because of that... Inflated sense of confidence, Mm -hmm. you can get away with a lot. Yeah,
5: that's, I think, a big secret.
4: need to lower the enlistment age then, (laughs) start them early. Don't
5: think that's the answer.
4: Uh, So, back to Tommy Fitz. He was honorably discharged from the Marines in 1949. Okay. And then he turned around and he joined the Army and served during the Korean War. And it was there that he received a silver star and a purple heart.
5: Oh, wow.
4: Yeah, he's a big dude. Got injured, huh? And let me tell you about what he did. Quote. I know you love the quote. I do. During a strategic withdrawal, Corporal Fitzpatrick noticed a wounded officer about 100 yards forward of his position. In attempting a rescue, he and a companion were seriously wounded. Corporal Fitzpatrick, despite severe pain and loss of blood, made it back to safety, directed a second successful rescue party, organized and provided covering fire to support the rescue. Hmm. So he's a badass. Total badass. I Tommy like Fitz, it. 1952. The Korean thing. Yeah, the Korean so,
5: conflict, Korean war, yeah. The
4: Korean thing, as it's known in the history books. Um, <laughs> over. He came back to Jersey, and he got work as a Union steam fitter.
5: Okay. Good okay. Union guy.
4: Gotcha. Um As a side gig, though, he worked as an airplane mechanic at Teterboro School of Aeronautics. And then he also took flight lessons there. Hmm. So it's kind of a... Clever thing. He's, like, he's working, like, a hard full-time job during the day. Yeah. But I think he was probably getting, like, free lessons because of the mechanic stuff he was doing. I like it. Yeah. So he's lived a serious life. And he's in his, like, early mid-20s, just working hard, playing hard.
5: (laughs) As one does when you're in your 20s. He has
4: a busy, on-the-go lifestyle. Yeah,
5: you're a veteran. You Mm -hmm. want to shake off all those cobwebs of war. Let
4: off a little steam, you know. So he's living in New Jersey. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times he'd go into Manhattan to hang out in Washington Heights where he grew up. Oh, word. And he had a wild bunch of friends there and they liked to get loose.
5: What kind of loose are we talking about?
4: Loose, loose. Nice. I want you to picture it. Take me there. New York, New York. It's a town. Hell of
5: Toddling a town. town.
4: September 29th, 1956.
5: The Bronx so- is up and Brooklyn is down. <laughs>
4: You, Mm -hmm. Aaron, you're sitting in a bar in Washington Heights called Joe's, and it's at the corner of 191st Street and St. Nicholas Avenue. Oh. So picture it. Okay, I'm there. You there? It's you, and there's, like, a bunch of neighborhood guys drinking, shooting pool, sharing raucous stories. Now, there was some sort of bachelor party earlier in the evening, and some of these guys then have, like, this is the after party, I suppose. It's getting kind of late. Um... But these guys are a little bit bonkers.
5: Oh, a bachelor party after party? Yeah, that's going to be loose.
4: So there's one guy who's there, big husky blonde character, and he starts claiming that he can get from New Jersey to Manhattan in 15 minutes.
5: That's okay. I I don't know New York that well, but I'm thinking that's impossible.
4: Well, I kind of looked at a map and yeah, I think it'd be difficult what he's saying. That guy, Tommy Fitz.
5: Oh, I was wondering, I was wondering mm-hmm. if there going to be another guy like that. He was the Swede, and the Swede was saying, so Tommy Fitz, I like Tommy
4: Fitz. Now, there's another guy at the end of the bar, and he tells Tommy Fitz, buddy, you're full of it.
5: <laughs> the naysayer. Yeah. Listen, pal, I've heard that kind of talk before. Get I'm not going to let it fly. You
4: get out of town. Tommy was like, want to bet? Yes. And the wager was made. So we got a bar bet going on.
5: You know I love
4: them. Tommy Fitz hops in his car and drives to New Jersey. Three sheets to the wind, (laughs) takes to the roads. I'm sure the guys in the bar are thinking he's just going to head home and pass out. He's like, watch this. Yeah. But, you know, he's just going to drunk drive his way back to Jersey. Um, It's almost two in the morning at this point. So Tommy Fitz, though, he's got other plans, other ideas. He drives to Teterboro Airport in New Jersey. He heads over to the School of Aeronautics.
5: He drives to work. Drives to work. <laughs> Drunk at 2 a.m. He's, he's
4: had a pilot's license. Because he's got like... a bet
5: going. Go on.
4: <laughs> he's had a pilot's license for like two and a half years. Okay. Um. He gets to the school and he talks to David Van Dyke Jr. Mm. Who's that? That's the son of one of the field operators who's also a part owner of a Cessna.
5: I was hoping it would be like Dick Van Dyke's father's brother.
4: Yeah, well, maybe. Let's yeah. say, okay, perhaps.
5: So Dick Van Dyke's uncle does what? <laughs>
4: So Tommy goes up to David Van Dyke Jr. and says, hey, hey, pal, can I borrow that Cessna 140, that sweet Cessna 140 you just built yourself out of toothpicks? (laughs) It also (laughs) He's like, listen, and I'll settle up with your pops in the morning. Like, it's cool. David, what does he say? And I quote, I don't care. Like, that's in all the stories in the press at the time. I don't care. Thanks, Junior. Right. So I think we should talk about the fact that, you know, driving and biking.
5: Mm Mm-hmm
4: flying, mm-hmm. all these things, not good when drunk.
5: Yeah, no, you're not supposed to operate uh, heavy or light machinery Mm-mm. when drunk. I've been told this numerous times.
4: Well, you know, do you aren't there restrictions on pilots about, like, how much they can—
5: Oh, yeah, I've you seen know. that Denzel Washington movie, Flight. There mm-hmm. definitely are mm-hmm. restrictions. Otherwise, they fly upside down. Bad things happen.
4: So, you can, you know, you can get a BUI, Biking Under the Influence. Uh-huh, that's true. Have you ever gotten a BUI?
5: No, no, yeah. I'm too fast.
4: I've seen people get them.
5: Yeah, no, I grew up in a biking town, Davis, <laughs> and that's yeah, that was very common. In fact, they have bike cops who would chase you, and so uh-huh. you get pulled over by a person on a bike. It They're was, like, whoop, whoop. Yeah, it yeah. Was the whole thing. <laughs> Light them
4: up. Uh, and then, of course, there's the DUI. Now, the FUI, can you get a Flying Under the Influence?
5: <laughs> I think so. <laughs>
4: How, how does that work? They pull you over. I think it's
5: a PUI. It's a piloting under the influence.
4: It's like you're driving, you're flying the we plane, over. and then there you look in the rearview mirror on the outside of your plane. There's, the and there's Snoopy on a on a doghouse. Dog yeah, I've seen it's got it. Got
5: Woodstock, and it looks like Woodstock's looking hard at you. I pull saw over, it pal. Once. Did you? Yeah, sure. How high were you?
4: I got I got hit in the head. <laughs> <laughs> So we have all these ways that you can uh, get busted, but it's bad. Don't operate machinery while drunk.
5: Bad business. Bad yeah. business. Don't do that.
4: Um let's go back and talk about David Van Dyke Jr.
5: Yeah, what's up with Junior? What's
4: he doing at the airfield in the middle of the night?
5: I'm thinking he was sleeping there because like he was sleeping one off.
4: Yeah, probably. I think everyone in this story is drunk.
5: I was like, just assume any story before like 1958, Everybody's I assume everyone's drunk.
4: All ages. Or on opium. Yeah. All of the above. Yeah, okay. especially
5: the young ones. I mean, those ones—they're smoking too. Well,
4: so he's just sitting there, and all of a sudden, some big boy comes in and is like, "Give me that plane." He's he's like, okay. I don't care. This is just. Where's is my bottle? Mess. Yeah, so it wasn't even his plane to lend out. That's his dad's plane, and his dad's only the half owner.
5: Ah. Uh-uh. So,
4: but he. Well, I don't care. Um, <laughs> nice so, job, <laughs> fail, son. So Tommy climbs inside the Cessna, mm-hmm. starts her up. He I mean, has, he's on the
5: clock. I mean, his. He bed has is.
4: David. Spin the propeller
5: (laughs) propeller.
4: and then tells him to stand on the biplane wing. (laughs) And then off he flies, takes off in the Cessna. He goes over the Hackensack River Mm -hmm. and then over Palisades Park. Okay. And then over the Hudson River.
5: Nice. Good order.
4: I wonder if he could see Hudson University from up there. (laughs) He flies over Washington Heights, where Mm -hmm. he grew up, turns around over the Harlem River,
5: does a little wing wave.
4: Yeah. It's now He's probably, like, fires off rockets now. Um, It's now just before 3 in the morning. Okay. And where in the world is this drunken aviator going?
5: Well, all I know is he had 15 minutes, so he's (laughs) definitely not winning that bet.
4: (laughs) Let's take a break to hear a whole bunch of ads, and then when we come back, we're going to join Tommy Fitz back up in the air.
5: Is there a flight attendant on this, Cessna? Ding, ding.
0: That's 25% off at lifelock.com slash iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here.
2: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City
4: Okay, welcome back, Zaren. Oh, hello. What hey, what's did, up, Elizabeth? What did you do during the break?
5: Oh, so I popped onto Depop and I bought a brown leather bomber jacket and a scarf. This whole conversation got me heated. Loser. So. What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Wait till you see it. You're gonna be like, man, that guy looks, that guy looks super so cool. cool. Um I bet he was in an imaginary Hollywood war. He
4: looks like Tommy Fitz. <laughs> Speaking of which <laughs>
5: Nice segue. <laughs> Thank you. I should work for local news. Oh yeah, those smoother and slippery. I like when they
4: have to talk about something either go from either super happy to to sad or mm-hmm. vice versa.
5: Yeah, I like me that when they go from the car crash to the and the puppy was born at the zoo today. <laughs>
4: the puppy at the zoo. I don't know what kind of I budget don't watch zoo, local t- news. The zoo, aka have the a pound.
5: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a zoo. Sarah, and like that's kids, a puppy mill. No. Kids,
4: we're gonna go to the zoo today. You just take them to the pound. <laughs> My kids,
5: they think this is the zoo. It's the best.
4: <laughs> like, That's the reptile enclosure. No, it's not. That's the dumpster. <laughs> okay, anyway, Tommy fits. So, Tommy. I guess <laughs> All right, so, thank you. So, well, some we may want to leave it about this. <laughs> The pound is true.
1: It's
4: so funny. <clears throat> anyway, so when we left off, Tommy Fitz was driving drunk, which infuriates me. Mm-hmm. You know, well, uh,
5: technically he was flying drunk, right?
4: No, he drove drunk. He drove drunk from I'm Washington Heights. He was still Heights. drunk when he was flying. Yeah, but we're talking about step by step. Step oh, one.
5: Okay, step one. Drive drunk uh-huh. from
4: Washington Heights yeah. to from New Manhattan Jersey. From Manhattan to New Jersey. Lame. Bad. That makes okay. me really mad. Uh-huh. Um,
5: demerit one.
4: Yeah. Then he borrows a Cessna 140 and takes off. Okay. Are we
5: counting that as a demerit? Yeah,
4: lame. Okay, demerit two. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> and then it's about seven miles from Teterboro Airport to Washington Heights. Yeah,
5: you damn right. As it is. the
4: crow flies. Okay. According to the measurement tool on Google Maps. Look at you. Yeah, look at me. Obviously, driving is going to take longer than like, you know. Not the way whatever. I drive. <laughs> So Tommy, but he so he makes a bet with the guy at Joe's bar that he can get from Jersey to Washington Heights in fifteen minutes, but mm-hmm. he doesn't tell him how. Sure. So, I'm not going to count the time that it took him to get to New Jersey, yeah. but like let's say I don't know how long does it take to fly from Teterboro to. He said it
5: was seven miles, so it couldn't take long.
4: Right. He leaves the bar around two. It's now almost three, and he's cruising the skies above Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Tommy surveys the landscape. Okay. Looks out there. He's got his like silk scarf flapping in the wind. I want you to keep
5: (laughs) where's the closest airport that I can put this scarf down in?
4: I want you to keep in mind that the wingspan of this plane is thirty-two feet.
5: Thirty-two feet. Now on an
4: airport, as you were saying, not a big deal. Yeah. Thirty two feet. Tommy looks down and he sees St. Nicholas Avenue. Oh, tell me. Where the bar was. Streets dark. The city that never sleeps (laughs) was totally asleep right now. Not
3: much traffic.
4: Busted. Wake up, everybody. Um, Tommy begins his descent.
5: Yes, I'm loving this. He
4: dips down below the roof line of the apartment buildings on either side of the street. Mm -hmm. Brings the plane down into a smooth landing. 32-foot wingspan sliding into a street that's 60 feet wide.
5: That's tight. I like this.
4: Touches down, pulls the plane to a stop. Right in front of Joe's bar.
5: You're kidding me.
4: No, I'm serious.
5: Are you you're kidding? He stops in front of the bar. He timed it so well. He's like, and cut the engines. Here we are.
4: Pops out of the Cessna, struts into the tavern, orders a beer just in time for last call.
5: Oh, my God. Legend.
4: The place goes nuts. I'm going nuts. Yeah, you are. I'm watching. <laughs> the place goes nuts. Then the bar closes, and Tommy gets a ride from a friend back to Teterboro to pick up his car.
5: Wait, he leaves the plane in the middle of the road?
4: Leaves the plane in the middle <laughs> of the
5: road. Take that, Van Dyke.
4: He runs into Donald Hulse I don't at know the airport. Him.
5: Is that a friend of yours?
4: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> Loser. You just said it all casual. Don- Donald Hulse. Donald like, Hulse. Like, oh. You know
4: Don. Yeah. Uh, Donald is the other owner of the plane. Ah. And he does care, unlike David <laughs> Van Dyke Jr. Where's my plane, Tommy? Tommy's like, yeah, about that. Hulse, outraged.
5: Do you know how to get around in Manhattan?
4: So <laughs> Tommy decides, you know what? I'm just going to head back to Washington Heights and see. check on my handiwork here. See what's up with the plane. So he pulls up towards Joe, and he sees that the plane is still sitting in the middle of the street.
5: Oh, it hasn't been, like, stripped, no hubcaps.
4: <laughs> it's up on blocks. Oh, yeah. But now it's surrounded by cops and the press. Oh, okay. you know, Of course. <laughs> Naturally. It's a busy thoroughfare that he has blocked off with the plane. So Tommy tells the cops that he'd come into town for a party the night before and then headed back to Teterboro. And then he was, like, struck with his sudden desire to fly. Couldn't help it.
5: <laughs> Haven't we all been there?
4: He had an urge. He just had to pop in, borrow a plane, as he said. Mm-hmm. And then he said that, well, when he was flying over Manhattan, the engine started to quit on him. And that he tried to radio the airport, but he couldn't get a signal.
5: So he had no <laughs> chance,
4: no choice but to put her down in the street. But as luck would have it, he landed right in front of the place he'd been partying in earlier.
5: <laughs> Officer, I was just trying to save lives. You know, what can I do? <laughs> Is a life
4: full of weird coincidences? Yeah. Um, so the cops checked the plane.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: No engine trouble, no sign of engine trouble. Radio fully functioning. Wait a minute. Yeah, come on, Tommy. So Sergeant Harold Barons of the Police Aviation Bureau, star of Law and Order Aviation, <laughs> he said at the time that the odds against such a landing were 100,000 to 1.
5: Does he know how odds work? No. Okay.
4: And... That's But that's the artistry we're talking about. There are no odds in
5: artistry. <laughs> I just love that. When people come up with odds like that, I'm oh, like, yeah. did you even work? Never mind. He,
4: then he showed he pulled out a flip chart. Yeah, exactly. He's
5: these like, are, I took These stats. are all the scenarios that I ran I through. I took
4: statistics. Um, the police had to confiscate the Cessna, of course, mm-hmm. since it was evidence. So they dismantled it.
5: Oh, they didn't just like... like Fly it away? No, I was thinking they towed it away. <laughs> like you like, Don, you know, Don just,
4: Hulse, come get your... No. Well, that's what they did. They But they had to take the wings off in order to tow it away. Okay, gotcha. So they take the wings off. And tow it to Pier 73.
5: Why didn't they just let him fly it off?
4: Because like Because they they're cops? Yeah. Losers. <laughs> <laughs> they're buzzkills. H- uh, Hulse, Don Hulse, and then Van Dyke Senior mm-hmm. had to get a release from the DA's office to get their plane back. Because it's like evidence at this point.
5: Of what? Like of bad Tommy's parking? awesomeness? Well, oh, I mean, like honestly, what is the crime? If they don't say he stole Well, you're it, gonna
4: find out. Tommy gets arrested. Uh-huh. There's a crime. There's your ridiculous What crime. littering? He's charged with <laughs> He's charged with suspicion of grand larceny, because he okay. didn't really borrow the suspicion
5: plane. Of grand-
4: we- they were suspicious about his story. <laughs> Reckless airplane driving was one of the charges. <laughs> that's
5: not a real charge. That's going to be lot. a charge
4: you'll see in your life at some point. <laughs> improper landing is a charge.
5: Okay, I've been charged with that.
4: Yeah, and uh, that's like if I fall down the stairs and yeah, a the cop it- appears. you are like, girl.
5: You park a sailboat on the dock, they're like <laughs> improper landing.
4: And then, also flying with an outdated civil aeronautics administration medical certificate, wait what? I guess like he didn't get his his like medical clearance to fly. He had a pilot's license, but so he, he didn't, like, didn't have his
5: have a, a CPR card
4: it's like it's like a it it's just sounds like an administrative bureaucratic like, way it sounds like the someone. New
5: York, like, oh, you need to have your cabaret card. Like, they just love these, like, you or need like to...
4: Or like a smog check.
5: Yeah. Oh, okay, the California version. California is yeah. the smog
4: check. on you. Yeah. So, um, felony court magistrate Edward J. Chapman. That's a serious sets, name. Oh, yeah. He's, he's real deal. He sets the bail at $5,000.
5: See? I could tell right away. Serious kind of mm-hmm. guy.
4: He says he's doing that as a deterrent to other foolish young men who get drunk and fly a plane
5: aren't you a killer? there's joy, so many out Chapman. there
4: and they're gonna flip through get drunk and fly a plane <laughs> quarterly <laughs> exactly. and see that like oh tommy fitz got pinched for that <laughs>
5: now the kids are gonna be doing this everywhere from here to poughkeepsie
4: <laughs> and the judge says a great many terrible things could have happened
5: yeah of course they of course, course i love when of people's criminal imaginations are just like i don't know i don't want to say ridiculous because like that's what we do but that's ludicrous. Like, come on, judge. This is not going to be thing. Yeah, but
4: I can kind of feel like in my mind, I'm also thinking like all of the absolutely hideous disasters that could have gone down with this.
5: Yeah, I see what you're saying. You
4: could have beheaded so many people.
5: <laughs> That's where you go with it beheaded. You're not like you, you know could have like, crashed into a clothesline and gone into an apartment building. Nope. No, Could have been lopping off there heads. It could
4: have been a parade of like people. children.
5: <laughs> where are you going with this? <laughs>
4: <laughs> With clowns,
5: and mm-hmm. then he's like
4: flying, you know, the, those 3 a.m. children's parades. I'm going
5: to have to stop you right there. This is dangerous criminal driving of a metaphor. <laughs> Thank
4: you. So, <clears throat> I feel relieved that I can let go of that. Um, the grand larceny charge winds up getting dropped a few weeks later because Donald Hulse decides not to No, they to don't press the charges. Complaint. Yeah. Can't be, Okay. Tommy Fitz, Mm -hmm. he's fined $100 after being found guilty of landing without a permit. So
5: he gets a parking ticket. I like Reckless
4: operation of a plane. Okay. And flying without a medical certificate.
5: Whatever. (laughs) Yeah.
4: (laughs) So he has his pilot's license suspended for six months. No big. He's like, guess what, guys? I'm never flying again. I don't need a license.
5: (laughs) Do you think I look like a law (laughs) abider?
4: So, all's well that ends well, right? No. No? Um, Let's stop for commerce. And when we come back, I'll let you know how Tommy continued to bring the ridiculous.
3: Matcha!
4: I love matcha. So rich and smooth.
3: Do you
5: love matcha love?
4: Yep. Matcha love is the best in the biz.
5: Experience the vitality of the whole tea leaf.
4: So many powerful health benefits.
5: You know what else I love?
4: Sweet treats. You are in luck. Matcha's great for baking.
5: Can you make cookies or cheesecake with
4: matcha? Yes. Or your other favorites, ice cream or madeleines. Yes. Delicious. Matcha love.
5: Get 25% off all matcha love products on itoen.com. Using code CRIME. That's code C R I M E at I T O E N dot com. Available on Amazon and Itoen dot com.
4: So we were in 1956, Mm -hmm. now in early October of 1958, almost exactly two years later. Mm -hmm. Tommy Fitz gets drunk. Steals plane, <laughs> flies from Peterborough Airport, New Jersey Get out. to Washington <laughs> Heights like... in Manhattan and lands in the middle of the street.
5: Did someone say, I don't believe you? And he's like, bet. That's I'll be right back.
4: exactly what happened.
5: <laughs> I totally relate he's to a, this dude. <laughs> he's at
4: a different neighborhood bar in Washington Heights, not Joe's. He's drinking. It's about midnight. Oh, man. He's totally bragging about this infamous flight yes, two years later. As one would. He's become a local legend with this. He like, is? people see him and they're like, oh, that's Tommy Fitz. You know what he did, right? You know, he's amazing.
5: Lucky Tommy Fitz.
4: But, like, if you see him get in a car, go hide. <laughs> the, um,
5: the Lindbergh of Greenpoint.
4: Another guy in the bar, this guy from Connecticut, mm-hmm. he apparently didn't believe Tommy. Connecticut. Mm-hmm. There's just no way that Tommy stole a plane, He's Always says. looking
5: down on New York.
4: No way he flew it back. This is ridiculous. This yeah. is just...
5: You don't know how we do here. Yeah. Go back to Connecticut.
4: Tommy didn't like that. He didn't take kindly to see, that.
5: See? I'm fired up like him.
4: Well, Wanted to prove himself one more time, yeah. Just like you would. <laughs> so, Tommy has the guy from Connecticut, who the papers referred to at the time as the Nutmegger. <laughs>
5: the Nutmegger. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't it like the Nutmeg State or the? Oh uh, yeah, sure. I'm nutmeg's... thinking like in, of the soccer term, like when you've been made foolish when the ball, ball goes between <laughs> your legs. So I'm like the nutmeg is very thin.
4: Nutmeg State of Mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the Nutmegger drives him to Teterboro. Okay. And. Uh they go to the aeronautics school, mm-hmm. just like last time. <laughs> Take me
5: to work. We're drunk enough. So,
4: yeah, but his thing is like, oh, you don't believe me? Drives me. <laughs> I'm responsible. I don't
5: have a license anymore. You're
4: the, you're the designated driver. Um, so they go and they look at Donald Hulse's planes one more time. <laughs> Pick one of those. (laughs) This time, though, he picks a Cessna 120 that has an even bigger wingspan, a 40-foot wingspan. Good choice. Excellent He's like, I'm just going to upsize on this one. Yeah, go bigger. Supersize it. So he jumps in the plane and he takes off.
5: Now, does he take the nutmegger with him or he's like, stay here, I'll be back?
4: I think he left the nutmegger. Okay. The nutmegger was all like one lone tear going down (laughs) his cheek as he watches him. Fly off into the great blue yonder. Um, So he gets in the plane, takes off, doesn't notify the tower. Of course. Doesn't put on his running lights. It's like, flight plan. (laughs) No lights. No lights. I like
5: it. He's run silent, run deep. Totally. Thunder road of the sky. His own little
4: private blitzkrieg. Um, Doesn't use his radio. Of course. Nothing. Just
5: he threw it out the window. Safety last.
4: <laughs> safety last. So this time, though, he's doing like serious treetop flyer moves. Mm-hmm. He's skimming rooftops. It's freaking people out. Oh, oh he's
5: yeah. Kidding. I love yeah. this.
4: Well, he's got, a, he's got a bigger plane this time. Yeah. It's a little bit heavier. He's drinking Johnny Walker
5: this time. <laughs> so
4: he brings the plane down for a landing mm-hmm. at 187th Street in Amsterdam Avenue.
5: Isn't that in Harlem?
4: No, it's still sort of Washington Heights-ish. Okay. It's like six blocks from Joe's. Okay, okay, yeah. word. So the witness statements about his landing are amazing.
5: <laughs> I can't wait.
4: John Johnson, which like John I Johnson. love when people do that to their children. <laughs> Our last name's Johnson, let's name him John.
5: But that's like John the Third because it's like John, son John, of, John. Son of John. <laughs> John. John, son of John.
4: Seventh son of the seventh <laughs> son of John. Um, we just love that name. John's cruising by mm. and he says, quote, Mm. I saw something coming down. I didn't know what to imagine. I slammed on my brakes and a plane skidded over the top of my car and made a perfect (laughs) landing ahead of me. I saw a man get out and run towards St. Nicholas Avenue on 187th Street. I think Tommy was running towards Joe's. I think so. Little hair of the dog. (laughs) Then there's this bus driver. Uh, He was at Amsterdam and 191st, so just up the block of it. He says... I just got into my seat when all of a sudden I heard something that sounded like a large fan, he said. I looked in my rearview mirror and I saw this plane coming at me. He landed alongside of me. The plane hit the ground and bounced 20 feet in the air. I thought he was going to take off again. And then he hit the ground again and taxied down 187th Street.
5: Just imagining a drunk landing. Well, I like that landing. one guy's like, oh, it was a perfect landing. The other yeah. one's like, oh, it was a mess.
4: Here's the best thing though: the bus driver goes, God forbid if I ever hit a plane, what could I say at the safety hearing? He's like out of like a
5: sitcom. (laughs) Can you imagine he and his like, I'm imagining he's married, he and his wife telling a story and that's his punchline. No,
4: yeah. (laughs) Then clink the glasses. (laughs) Um, So the difference this time is that Tommy didn't head back in for Mm -hmm. a drink somewhere. He didn't run to Joe's. He just hightailed it on home. Took off. Witnesses all saw him running away from the scene. I
5: wonder if the landing scared him, the whole bouncing thing. It like, was close. He kind of, like, you know, frogged he his way down he the street. He heard
4: a parade in the distance. Got a little <laughs> nervous. Um, so the cops arrived, and they moved the plane out of the way. It was mm-hmm. in good shape. They knew
5: what to do this time? Yeah. Like, okay.
4: But it was way too much of a coincidence for mm-hmm. them. Um, especially when they heard a description of the fleeing pilot. Tall, blonde, husky. Just <laughs> like before. Thirsty. <laughs> So they drove Uh, out to Teterboro. They stopped in Joe's. So uh, they called Tommy at home.
5: (laughs) And they're like, Tommy, Tommy Fitz. Hey, Fitz, we're going to need to talk. You want to come
4: down to the station? He gets there and he tells the press that, you know, I was just in the neighborhood and I heard the cops wanted to talk to me.
5: This is wild. I think they wanted an expert opinion. I don't
4: know what they want to talk about. And it wasn't me, whatever it was. Um, The cops tell him, look, we got witnesses. We got your fingerprints. Tommy's like, all right, I did it. Like, immediately caves. <laughs> <It's> immediate. <laughs> yeah. So, once again, charged with grand larceny. He's like, he I the routine. Here's He my gets a bucks. ton of civil air, uh, aeronautics violations, too. So, dangerous and reckless operation of an aircraft. Okay. Landing within city limits other than in emergency conditions. Okay. And flying without a license, because don't forget, he's like, I'm not doing that again. So, the New York Daily News which had the absolute best coverage of this, of course. (laughs) They said Thomas Fitzpatrick, 28, local wrong way Corrigan, who finds air landing strips where the Port Authority never has built any, admitted yesterday police say that he was the hotshot pilot who landed on Amsterdam Avenue near 187th Street early yesterday in a small plane.
5: Hotshot pilot, come on, Dared, Wrong way daredevil pilot. Yeah, I like that part. Wrong way <laughs>
4: So, the magistrate at the arraignment said that he quote came down like a marauder from the skies endangering the lives of hundreds of persons. <laughs> What if there would have been a parade at 3 a.m.? They, they set the bail at 10 grand at this time. Oh, wow. No more air piracy. No, no more. So January 59. So that was October 58. Mm-hmm. January 1959, he takes a plea deal and he pleads guilty to the misdemeanor of bringing stolen property into the state.
5: <laughs> They're going to get you one way <laughs> one or, or another. another.
4: So the judge, John Mullen, really lets him have it. Mm-hmm. Quote, you do not know when to stop drinking. The last time, you paid a $100 fine. If you had been seriously and properly jolted the first time, it's possible this would not have occurred a second time, and maybe you wouldn't be standing here today. There is no doubt in my mind that you were intoxicated and were in a measure dared by a drinking companion when you were in this silly semi-intoxicated condition. (laughs) So, he says you're intoxicated, but then he calls it semi-intoxicated. Make up your mind, Judge. Exactly. I'm going to, uh, overruled. Uh, so Judge Mullen does, though, like he praises Tommy's record. He's like, look. Oh, as a veteran? You're a vet. Yeah, you're gotcha. a good dude. Judges he love He says, that. you're the best pilot I've ever seen.
5: <laughs> he's seen a lot of pilots in Donald his courtroom? Donald
4: Hulse says that. The guy who's playing, he's like, man, that's the best pilot. I, that's the best flying I ever did see. I love
5: this. The original Launchpad McQuack.
4: Yeah. So the judge winds up sentencing Tommy to six months in the workhouse. Yeah, he gets it. He gets in the, at the workhouse. Wow. A couple of weeks later, he's convicted on other charges of drunken flying <laughs> and sentenced to so he gets a, a FUI. <laughs> he's sentenced to an additional 2 weeks on top of that. And his only comment on this is, quote, it's the lousy drink.
5: <laughs> it's the lousy drink. That's it.
4: Now, the best there's oh, a column man. by this guy Melheimer at the time that he had called My New York. Mm -hmm. And he was. I thought that was good. Oh, he has this great write up of Tommy Fitz where he expresses that, yes, you know, this was a crime, but uh, he had to give it up for Tommy as, quote, the last adventurous man. Let me read you the closing of the column. I'm into this. Quote, well, men, they have incarcerated Tom Fitzpatrick. Tell me, please, what is left in life for the rest of us? When the urge comes upon us to go down to the sea again, to the lonely sea and the sky, or to close our ledgers and hunt for the abominable snowman, will they pass a law against us? Tom Fitzpatrick is a criminal, and he rests like a chained cheetah in the pokey, and a little bit of all of us rests with him. (laughs)
5: <laughs> I like it. Isn't
4: that great?
5: <laughs> but it's true. I mean, that adventurous spirit should be celebrated. Sure. Nobody got hurt. And this is how we get to the moon, people. You need that's, these crazy daredevil the, pilots yeah, willing to do things the like— That's ridiculous
4: takeaway here, right?
5: Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know what side I'm going to land on.
4: Well, what I keep thinking about is how it was such a different time. Like, no one immediately thought terrorist—
5: Oh yeah, this is like, I kept thinking about that, like pre-9-11 New York, landing a plane to fly between the buildings, everyone's just like... The cops
4: weren't in like tactical gear, there wasn't a standoff, so it was like a novelty, you know, it wasn't something terrifying. No one was injured,
5: Mm -hmm. no? Yeah, no, it it seemed like it was, you know, when people talk about the American rambunctious spirit, uh, you know, this is a good example of it, you know, and also the fact that, I have to believe that he would not have landed this if there were people out. He would have, yeah. you know, realized, like, I can't do this bet. You know, suddenly, say, the crowd, the uh, for whatever reason, there's a fire, you know, in mm-hmm, an apartment mm-hmm. building. And so now the crowd is, you know, thronging in the streets. I don't think he'd go over eight yeah. blocks and land or do whatever. I think he'd recognize. So it seemed to me he got away with it because it fit the moment and it fit that place. And so yeah. he was, you know, as you put, there was an art to it, and art requires a reading of a lot of things.
4: Yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan of him driving around on the roads drunk.
5: Yeah, I think that's That's the most dangerous part, to be quite honest.
4: Don't you think this kind of highlights the amount of fear that we live under all the time now?
5: Oh, don't even get me started about that. Well, because, like,
4: a low-flying plane now is terrifying. It's not a novelty.
5: They they cleared the White House because a plane flew over at a—
4: The baseball game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so if we don't also immediately think terrorist, right? Mm -hmm. Like, in the traditional sense, we think that something odd or, like, out of place like that could be the precursor to some mass shooter event yeah, you know I, so that it's not necessarily i don't know our I, criminal imaginations are what i'm trying crime. to say is that we live in a lot of fear now and it's exhausting yeah yeah um now well, that's why i gave it up <laughs> you're really good at that yeah. me i i dive right into it i lean in hard <laughs> um so quick postscript to I, this on. though um according to various internet sources mm-hmm. which are always it's the most
5: reliable, most reliable thing i turn reliable. to
4: um one of them, org.
5: That actually, wait, that's the NPR one? It's filthy. No, I don't know what it is. I think it, it, my friend uh, Derek, he loves NPR. He mentions this, the dinner party download. Okay.
4: And then there's also check6.org, which is like a flight website, apparently. Anyway, mm-hmm. they both talk about a cocktail called the Late Night Flight that was inspired by Tommy Fitz. Oh, get out. Yeah. Is there?
5: Wait, do you have the recipe?
4: Yeah, and there's a huge story. Okay, so it's a half ounce of Kahlua. Okay. And that's supposed to represent... It's dark. The dark like, of the skies. Like the I, night. I love it, yeah. Then one and a half ounces of vodka. Okay. And that's supposed to be clear, like Tommy Fitz's intention.
5: Oh, oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> that's poetic.
4: Half ounce of Chambord.
5: Oh, okay. Which is raspberries, yeah, you know? Okay. So it's like
4: the raspberries that Tommy Fitz blew at those who doubted
5: him. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Bronx cheer. five
4: blackberries. Okay. And that's to represent the cars parked on Manhattan streets. Oh, wow. One egg white. Those form the fluffy clouds.
5: Oh, okay. The and whips.
4: then a dash of simple syrup, sweet like victory. <laughs> so it's and, supposed to be this layered two representation. two drops of Tabasco
5: for the fire in his heart.
4: <laughs> so it's, this, it's like a layered representation of New York's nighttime sky. So you do the Kahlua as the base. Okay. And then in a separate glass, you muddle the blackberries, mm-hmm. add Chambord and an ounce of vodka And then shake with ice. You strain it into a layer over the Kahlua. Okay. Is everyone following along? Write this down. Yeah,
5: I'm drawing a mental picture. In
4: another mixing glass, you shake the egg white, the syrup, and the remaining half ounce of vodka. Shake and not stirred. Right. You just shake it up to create an emulsion. Uh And you layer that foam on the top, like the clouds. Uh huh. And then you chug one and go jump in assessment. (laughs) And
5: then you go steal a plane. I'm loving it. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go get some Sean Bard.
4: So there you go. That's it. That's all I have for you today. (laughs) That was a fun one. My soul shorty. You can find us online at Ridiculous Crime on both Twitter and Instagram. Where? Did you know that? I've been told. Instagram's super fun. I was in this gas
5: station bathroom. I saw it written on Mm -hmm. the wall. It said, for a good time, check out Ridiculous Crime on Instagram or Twitter.
4: Yeah. My handiwork. You found it. Um, Got a tip for us about a ridiculous crime that you'd like to hear about? Or if you want to confess to a ridiculous crime, email us at ridiculouscrime at gmail.com. Other than that, tune in next time, my friends.
5: And we'll be waiting for you.
4: Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zarin Burnett. Produced and edited by beautiful Skylark, Dave Couston. Research is by air traffic controller Marissa Brown. The theme song is by Thomas, I can totally land there, Lee and Travis, look out below, Dutton. Executive producers are aircraft mechanic Ben Bolin and befuddled taxi driver Noel Brown.
1: Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio.
3: For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
2: Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury.